In this episode, I'm going to break down for you what exactly should a CEO be doing. And now it's not just from my perspective of investing in companies or mentoring entrepreneurs around the world. I actually share this based on an interview and a conversation that I had with one of the top venture capitalists in the world who has seen hundreds of founders and CEOs. And he breaks down the three things that every CEO must do. And I share that all with you starting right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. I'll never forget this one day when I was traveling on a train in India with my parents when I was a very young kid. And when I say very young, I still remember this day and we were sitting down and we were chatting. And I remember asking them uh, this question and I said, well, like, what should I be doing? What's my job? And my dad laughs because my dad and mom are entrepreneurs. My dad laughs. And he looks at my mom and they try to come up with an answer, right? Man, can you imagine your child asking you, like, what's my job? Like, what should I be doing? And my mom immediately says this. My mom said, your job is to read and learn everything you can possibly get your hands on. And then my dad says, your job is to ask questions if you don't understand something. And then my mom says, and your job is to be kind. Those are the three things, that conversation, I would volunteer that my parents don't even remember having that conversation with me. And I will never forget that. The three things that is a job of a child that that my parents thought at that point in time when I was, I don't know, 11 years old. I, I can't remember how old I was, but I remember that conversation vividly. I remember where I was sitting on the train. I remember asking my parents, I remember the love in their eyes and the job of the child, the job of my job as their son was they said in their words, and I'm sure they could have come up with 10 more things, but these are the first three things I remember. Number one, read as much as you can and learn as much as you can and that you can get your hands on. Number two, ask questions of stuff that you don't understand. And number three, be kind. And I will tell you, those are pretty good rules to live life by, right? Those are pretty good rules to live life by. And uh, often I tell my children the same thing is just be kind. And, uh, ask questions and learn everything has become secondary, but I definitely kept the be kind rule in the house. And that's definitely there. But the question today is, what is the job of a CEO? What exactly does a CEO do? And in today's world, for a while, I was kind of fascinated because everybody is a CEO. Everybody's a CEO. You go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you go on Twitter. Everybody's a CEO. Everyone is a CEO of something. And while for a little bit, I was kind of annoyed that I couldn't tell the difference between a real CEO or not. I came to accept something. I came to accept the gift of entrepreneurship. I came to accept the gift of personal responsibility. When someone says that they're a CEO, I think that they are personally taking responsibility 
for building and growing their business and, and not just their business, their lives. And I like that a lot because when someone tells me that they are the CEO, I, I am, I'm, I, 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 I feel a deep sense of respect, self-respect and self-accountability that they're bringing to the table. In fact, responsibility that they're bringing to the table. But oftentimes, you know, it's important to ask the question, what is the job of a CEO? Now, if you're a sole proprietor, I get it. You are the CEO. You run everything, but you are the CEO of everything. You're also the CEO. You're the CFO. You're the COO. You're the CTO. You're the CMO. You're, you're the chief janitor too. And I get it. That's totally cool. But that doesn't take away the fact that you are the CEO. I want to tell you this. I want to tell you, I want to give you back the confidence that it is okay for you to say that you are the CEO. It's okay. I don't, I don't believe that it's an inflated title anymore if, if, and only if you're willing to take full responsibility. But that's not the, the point of this episode. The point of this episode is to tell you what is the job of a CEO. Now, I can answer this in many ways, but I want to take you back to, the, to a conversation that I had when it came to someone that gave me this advice. I was uh, originally in New York City uh, when I was working with Goldman Sachs and uh, one of my clients was an entrepreneur who had built and grown a very successful technology company. And we went to meet with a very uh, popular, very uh, well-respected venture capitalist in New York and his name was Fred Wilson. You can Google Fred Wilson, he's a really sharp guy. And during the conversation, you know, they were talking about what founders do and what technology CEOs do, et cetera. And I asked the question, I said, so Fred, well, what exactly does a CEO do? And I want to tell you what he told me and I want to break it apart. And uh, Fred said to me, he said, Sharon, a CEO does only three things. <laughs> Say it again. A CEO does only three things. And he paused. I was like, well, you can't just leave me there. You got you to gotta tell me more than that. And so he said, number one, a CEO sets the overall vision and the strategy for the company and also communicates it to all the stakeholders. The second part is the most important. So let's talk about that. Number one, a CEO sets the overall vision and strategy of the company and communicates it to all the stakeholders. Let's break this down for one second. If this was the only thing that you got from this, I, I think you'll benefit a lot from this. So there's two parts to this puzzle. Sets the overall vision and strategy of the company, part one. What does setting the overall vision and strategy of the company mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. It does not mean that the vision and the strategy of the company, even if it's a company of 1,000 people, 10,000 people, 100,000 people, or 100 people, or one person, it doesn't mean it's in your head, right? It doesn't mean it's in your head. Why, when someone goes to raise money in a startup environment or an investor-based environment, why do they ask for a business plan? They want to see something out of your head. So if the number one job of the CEO, in whatever order this is, is to set the overall vision and strategy of the company in part one, it is our job to write it down. It is our job to write it down. And... A lot of people always talk to me about this concept of like, well, how do you write the vision down? There's a lot of ways to do it. I actually lean on this concept that was explained the best I've ever seen it explained uh, by Cameron Harold in his book, Vivid Vision. And he talked about how you 
in technicolor vision or whatever he calls it, in perfect granularity, you're able to describe what happens. What do you see that is true? And for, very, for a lot of people, you know, maybe you're just starting out and maybe you've already have, you're in the middle of your growth. How do you see what exists three to five years from now? And I'm just making up three to five years. So let's just say three years from now. How do you see that? How, how do you actually make that up? This is how you do it. This is a cool analogy. You step into a time machine and imagine you're transported three years from now. You get out and you look around. All your dreams are coming true. Look around, close your eyes. What do you see? Do you see the building that you're in? Do you see the color of your walls? Do you see where the TVs are? Do you see who's answering the phones? Do you see the logo on the, on the building? Do you see your website? Do you see your brand colors? Do you see how you look? Do you see the employees? What are they? What are they doing? Are they manufacturing widgets? Are they making phone calls? Are they selling stuff? Do you have gobs of cash? Do you have a Lexus? Like, what do you see? Because if you can't paint the vivid vision for your life, for your business, then you can't expect the rest of the company to help you achieve that. You can't expect that because at the very moment that you change and you document your vivid vision so vividly, it doesn't become your vision anymore. It becomes a cause. It becomes a cause. And it's not that somebody wants to you know, graduate from Harvard and come and work for you to help you build your vision. All the really crappy Instagram quotes tell us that. They don't do that. But when your vision is written down with so much granularity, so much detail, so much specificity, you know what happens? It becomes a cause, a cause that people want to join you on, a cause that people want to help you achieve, a cause that people want you to get to. They want you to get to what you have so specifically written down. That's how you motivate people. You don't motivate people by saying you want to change the world and rid the, rid the and, and solve world hunger. You show them exactly, exactly what you see. A job of the CEO, number one, is to set the word, operative word, set the overall vision and strategy of the company, part A and part B, and communicates it to all stakeholders. I will tell you right now, I am a, an investor in uh, over two dozen companies in various capacities, mainly through our fund. And, and, and it's shocking to me how I still have portfolio company CEOs that we have written big checks into who have not sent us an update on how their company is doing for years. I have portfolio company CEOs who, have, who don't even return my phone calls which is crazy to me, which blows my mind. But that's what's happened. Like they courted us during the money raising process, but they probably gave us one quarterly update and then maybe we get an annual update if we're lucky, even if the company is doing well. What does a CEO do? A CEO does only three things. Number one, set the overall vision, set the overall strategy and vision for the company and communicates it to all stakeholders. Stakeholders mean anyone, anybody that cares, right? That's number one. All right, N number two. Uh, this is what Fred Wilson told me, by the way. He says, uh, number two, uh, a CEO uh, recruits and hires and retains the very best talent that he possibly, he or she possibly can for the company. 
recruits, hires, and retains the very best talent for the company. I will tell you, uh, as I look back on our last business, which we were very fortunate to grow uh, over 10x, close to 11.7x in five years, uh, from roughly 300 million in top line revenue to 3.4 billion in top line revenue. And we also had a uh, you know a Cinderella exit uh, to a publicly traded company out of New York. I will tell you that the key um, kind of trajectory changing points in our business was when we hired or fired certain people. Think about that for a second. The key points where the trajectory change in our business were when we hired or fired certain people. Hired or fired certain people. And it's not that you have a great idea. That's cool. But after a while, to help it grow, scale, monetize, and actually have an impact in the world, you need to recruit, hire, and retain the very best people. If we, if you as a CEO are not waking up in the morning and thinking about what, who can I add to my team that is going to help me make this vivid vision come to life? You are leaving, uh, you know, you are leaving a lot of money and a lot of opportunity on the table. And a lot of times people will ask me, well, Sharon, I, I, you know, I'm a solo operator. You know, I, I, I'm not quite ready to make my first hire yet. I've just made, you know, the, the, the money that I want to make. I'm taking all this money and putting it back into marketing. And now I'm working my face off every single day and I don't have time. And I go, well, your time, you're ready. You're too late for your first hire. Now, the interesting part about the first hire is, I want to give you this this piece of advice today. Is a lot of times, you know, in the 10, 20, 30 years ago, our first hire was a complex one. We had to make it a perfect hire. But today, you don't have to. You can hire a consultant as your first hire for three months. You can hire a project manager for three months. In fact, you can hire a virtual assistant in the Philippines for three months or six months or nine months. You can dip into your first hire. To recruit and retain the very best talent for your company is our core responsibility. And I want to tell you, tell you about the one thing just when I wrote down to share with you is that I hear this phrase a lot, hire slow, fire fast. I bet you've heard that, hire slow, fire fast. Uh, that's interesting. Um, that phrase is normally used by one of two people. One, a person that is so at such a big company that is so far disconnected from their employee base that they have zero idea that if someone leaves, it'll have any material impact on the business. Or if you add somebody, it's going to have any material impact on the business. And the, on the other end of the spectrum, the person that says that is a solo operator that says hire, slow, fire fast because they're super scared to put, pull the trigger. So they hire really slow and they get really scared and don't know how to handle something because so they just fire the person fast and then they take on all the responsibilities themselves. Well, not, most of us are not in either of those positions. We're in between. So hiring slow and firing fast is never, it is really bad advice, practically speaking, because when you actually want to hire somebody and when you feel the pain and the pinch of doing so, it is already too late, right? You're already feeling the pinch. And when you want to fire somebody, it is already too late. And now you're like, oh my gosh, you're thinking about the ramifications of firing this person. So how do you do it? How do you do it? I mean, do you just say fire fast where you just like fire your CFO? You don't like your CFO, your CFO, you know, whatever. It, you need to replace them. So you just like let them go. You don't. The organization will fall apart, right? So what do you actually do? Well, here's what I share with the CEOs that I mentor. I say um, hire with good process and don't fire without a plan. Say it again. Hire with good process and don't fire without a plan. It's not about <laughs> just 
hiring slow and firing fast. That is the worst practical advice because it's really hard to do that. Like, and I want you to think about hire with good process because your process will get better every time because that's when you actually figure out how you recruit and retain the best people is through good process. Whatever that process is, it, it probably will evolve over time. Maybe you work with a recruiter, whatever, but you have a process. The people that hire without a good process, they just say, oh, that person's cool, I'm going to hire them. That's where it starts to break. But don't fire without a plan. Do not fire without a plan. Just because you're mad at somebody, don't be a hothead and, and, and let them go unless they did something crazy, of course. If you know that someone is actually needs to be let go, uh, one of my mentors, Peter Lowy, always tells me, he's like, fire them in your head. Yeah, I just fired them in my head. That means they're fired. I don't, I'm not emotionally connected with the process anymore. And now I work through a plan in which I can make the transition smoother for the organization. Remember, a CEO only does three things. Number one, sets the overall vision and strategy of the company and communicates it to all stakeholders. Number two, recruits, retains, and uh, hires the very best talent for the company. That's uh, number two. Let's talk about number three very quickly. Make sure that there's always enough cash in the bank. <laughs> Make sure that there's always enough cash in the bank. Now, uh, this is from Fred Wilson, a venture capitalist. He's probably talking about this more with reference to a technology or an early stage venture backed startup company. But these apply to companies of, 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 all, uh, of all stages. And you just have to adapt it to what it means to you. And I want to talk about this part three, which is, Make sure that there's always enough cash in the bank. What does that mean? That means that a, a, a deep responsibility on the numbers. Literally, that's what it means to me. It means a deep responsibility on the numbers, especially on the cash flow numbers, because a stressed out entrepreneur is a cash strapped entrepreneur. I'll say it again. A stressed out entrepreneur is a cash strapped entrepreneur. I have rarely seen a highly stressed out entrepreneur that has loads of cash in the bank and or has a very good cadence of healthy cash flow plan. We as the CEO of the business is waking up and focusing on hey, how do I grow this business in such a way that I generate more cash, generate more revenue, generate more income so that I can go do the other two things that we talked about. Number one, execute on the vision that I set for the business. And number two, recruit and retain people to get me that vision. That's the point, right? Execute on the vision, get me the people. Execute on the vision, get me the people. Execute on the vision, get me the people. That's the virtuous cycle. But to do that, we need to make sure there's cash. Now, I'm not saying you need to flippantly raise billions of dollars or whatever, like, you know, a lot of new unicorns uh, in our current marketplace are doing and then blow the cash on, you know, crazy hooker and blow parties. That's not what I mean. What I am suggesting is that it is important for us to have a great financial literacy of our business. If we don't know the key pieces of the puzzle as to what actually drops free cash flow, then we don't know how to run the business. Free cash flow is what helps us run the business. Whether you're being evaluated on growth or subscribers or SaaS revenue or whatever, free cash flow is what runs the business. At the end of the day, someone's got to pay for what you're doing. And if it's not you, someone else is. And at the end of the day, they want to get paid back. They want to see free cash flow because that is the meaning of free enterprise. That is the meaning of capitalism. We put money and resources to bear so that it generates free cash flow in some way, shape or form. That'll, that, that, those are the three things in, in, in a lot of ways. So if you are a, if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, a CEO right now, I want you to uh, just, just walk with me through this and say, well, 
do we have these three things in place? And uh, what, which of these can you take on as a small project for right, for right now? Not this quarter, not this week, not this month, for right now. Because it says a CEO only does three things in this example, right? And I'm sure there's, I'll get a lot of flack from a lot of people that says there's a lot more things to be done. I get it. But in Fred Wilson's mind, based on this conversation that I had at Goldman Sachs in New York City, with reference to a technology startup company, can we use these lessons for other businesses? Absolutely. There's only three things that a CEO does or should do. Number one, sets the overall vision and strategy of the company and communicates it to all stakeholders. Number two, recruits, retains, and hires the very best talent for the company. And number three, make sure that there's always enough cash in the bank. If we do those three things, it dramatically reduces our stress, increases our joy, so that we can go out and, and, and execute on the vivid vision that we created for ourselves. So I want to answer this question to me. Do you, can you do, what is one thing that you can do better right now by setting the overall vision and strategy of the company and communicating to stakeholders? Can you, what is the one thing that you can do better? Can you write a better vivid vision? Can you update your 90 day plan? Can you change your mantra? Can you uh, dial in your focus? Can you stop with the other distractions? Can you say, this is what I'm going to do? This is how I'm going to change the world. What can you do to set the overall vision and strategy of the company and communicate it to all the stakeholders? What is the one thing that you can do to get better in that arena? if that is one of the three things that a CEO does. And number two, can you re literally recruit, retain, and hire the very best talent for your company? Can you look around your company and say, okay, which of my employees, teammates, et cetera, right now, would I give an A plus? In fact, I will tell you my rule. My rule for an A plus employee is this. My rule, just this is personal. My rule for an A plus employee is, um, would, I, would I take them with me if I started a new company? Literally, that's it. Would I take them with me if I started a new company? Would I invite them to join me if I started a new company? That, when I call people's references and reference checks, that's what I ask. Hey, if you started a new company tomorrow, would you take this person with you? And I said, I don't need to know judgment or anything, yes or no. And if they, if they don't give me a heck yes right then, I know there's a little bit of pause and I can talk to them about it. But the employees, the teammates that have been with me for ages that have taken from company to company, I believe so much in them. I know their families. I am committed to making sure that their lives, you know, are great forever. And if I can keep them in my world. Number two, what can you do better to recruit, hire, or retain the very best talent in your company? Number three, make sure there's enough cash in the bank. Literally, I would ask you this question. What, what dollar amount of cash in the bank would you like to have that you would say, you know what? I feel good. Like, I feel safe. I feel comfortable. Is it $10,000? Is it three months worth of expenses? Is it um, maybe a line of credit? What is it? What is it so that you can go ahead and use that cash to execute on the vision that you originally set for yourself? So very quickly to summarize Fred Wilson, but more importantly, to give you a takeaway, to give you the focus, to give you the ability to understand that there's a lot, we, we wear a lot of hats, but when it comes down to being the CEO, Let's ask the question, what are the three things that a CEO does? And I'm sure there are more, but let's do these three, these three things right. Number one, the vision and the strategy. Setting the overall vision and the strategy for the company and communicating to all the stakeholders. Number two, getting the right people in the right seats. And number three, making sure that there's enough cash in the bank. I don't know if you remember, but as we started off when I told you, just like what is the job of a CEO, I asked my parents, what is the job, what is my job as a son? What is my job as a young kid right now? And if you remember, I said, 
hey, your job is to read and learn everything that you could possibly get your hands on. Number two, your job is to ask questions with things that you don't understand. And number three, your job is to be kind. Now, whether you want to uh, be a great CEO or whether you just want to be a great son, daughter, spouse, husband, whatever, maybe one of those three sets of things will be helpful to you. I really appreciate you being on this journey with me and I uh, will catch you on the next one. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com dot com.